If you are what you say you are A superstar Then have no fear The camera's here And the microphones And they wanna know The return If you are what you say you are A superstar Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, yes, that's dead air, to the Philly fans podcast. Eric, are you going to ask why there's dead air? Are going to ask why all the air has like, been sucked out of me at this point? No, I, I completely understand. Um, after day two of the draft, the, the air was sucked out of Philadelphia, I think so. Yeah, and, and it seems like it, it's continuing a little bit. I got a little bit more enthusiastic on day three. And obviously over the past couple of days, Eric and I have both given you our thoughts on the NFL draft, especially where the Eagles are falling in the first round. And I went on a 17-minute tirade uh, on where the Eagles went in the second round. Uh, day three makes me feel a little bit better, uh, and we are actually excited to bring you this edition of the Philly Fans Podcast. Yeah, and since I didn't get to talk about day two because I was in my bed, you know, wallowing and sadness of the pick uh we'll get to that uh how we feel about that pick but when i saw that pick happen i was like what weren't we just making fun of the packers for doing this in the first round <laughs> so i don't understand it especially with actual need at different positions just sitting there waiting for the eagles even if you trade it back a few picks i can see why but second round quarterback um, after you think that you just gave a lot of trust to your franchise quarterback, um, you, you kind of suck the air out of him as well, which, uh, which confuses me completely. And that's obviously where a lot of the uh, Eagles fan base is going uh, and basing this draft, which let's be honest, day three was kind of solid for the Eagles, but yet we can't get over day two. Can't, can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is an Eagles draft edition of the podcast. Uh, three days of the draft. We covered it pretty well over the weekend. Uh, I don't think that there was any uh, podcast, blog, whatever, covered it as well as the Philly fans did on Twitter and Facebook over the weekend. Um, and that's just basically tooting my own horn uh, because I can at this point. Uh, however, give a shout out to the people that helped you that do that though. The, the people who were tweeting and I yes. was retweeting them. Yes. Uh, I, gave, I gave a few shout outs at them. You're, you're going to at me right now on who they are. <laughs> well, I think they deserve it. They're doing a lot of hard work. Well, you, now you throw me on the spot. I have to look up all the people's names. So first <laughs> off, Jeff McLean this weekend was amazing. Jeff McLean was probably the best follow that uh, you could possibly have for the draft weekend this weekend um, as he was posting things pretty much before everybody else. Uh, we also had a Aaron Wilson who covers the Houston Texans uh, for the – sorry. Yeah, he covers the Houston Texans for the Houston Chronicle. He was previously with the Ravens for the Baltimore Sun. Uh, a shout-out to – and I gave them a shout-out the other day. Oh, sorry, Albert Breer 
also gets a big shout out. He was amazing this weekend. Paul Domowicz was great. And then at my sports update, I uh, had it covered basically in the first two rounds, early in the third round, but the third round, fourth, fifth, sixth round, seventh round picks were coming so fast that they didn't really need to update and keep everybody posted. Uh, so shout out to those people on Twitter. Who, and a shout out to uh, Anthony as well. He did a good job covering the draft for the Jets. Shout out to Anthony. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Your brother-in-law. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't shout out. Um, I don't shout out my uh, my family as much, even though I did the past couple podcasts. Yeah, Anthony Beck did a tremendous job covering the Jets. Uh, his son also texted me, or sorry, didn't text me. He and his son called me before the Jalen Hurts announcement was made and just laughed at me. So, yeah, you can give him a shout-out all you want, but I got laughed at right, <laughs> by my 16-year-old nephew and his father. Uh, he did a good job, though. Yeah, and, and when you I – don't, I don't know. He did an okay job. <laughs> he did an okay job. He could have done better. <laughs> Uh, just like the Eagles in the first couple of rounds, you could have done better. All right. Well, let's let's dive into these uh, draft awards. So we're going to um, we're going to break into draft awards. Uh, obviously, our best pick will come first, uh, followed by our worst pick, which I don't think anybody would be surprised with. Uh, our best pick is the safety out of Clemson, Kayvon Wallace. Um, Eric, you give me a little bit more. And actually, Eric and I agreed on this pick. Uh, we actually have some notes here, uh, some of which we disagree, but the mm-hmm. best, best pick and worst pick, we agree Kayvon Wallace is the best pick. So give me a little bit on Kayvon. Oh, I don't have a lot on Kayvon, but um, the Eagles needed to replace Jenkins. And obviously, if you listen to the podcast, you know who I wanted for, <laughs> for since the second podcast. And unfortunately, uh, Xavier McKinney went to the Giants, which is a, you know another in-division opponent that got a good player and we can go in that later and I hate the Cowboys um but Kayvon Wallace I think is the second best safety in the draft he wasn't the second safety picked but he is a a great safety and I think he has the potential to replace Jenkins not to be as good as Jenkins but he has that potential to to be that you know he can come down in the run he he can defend the zone um, and maybe do a little things that Jenkins lacked. Um, not many, but Jenkins did lack that secondary coverage. Uh, he didn't have that step always to be that in that cover two or that cover one. And I think Kayvon Wallace has a little more of that step where he can cover the zone. That's a personal opinion, but that's how I feel. I still love the pick. I think it's a steal. I love Kayvon Wallace. I love him. I love everything about him currently. His social media, the way he presents himself, every quote he has to say. Um, I also fell in love with another Clemson safety at one time by the name of Brian Dawkins, who, by the way, Kayvon was roommates with his son for two years. Do you know that one? You know that little tad bit? I did not. That's pretty exciting that Kayvon and, and B-Doc, the, the greatest in Eagles history, maybe the greatest in NFL history, uh, actually have conversations or have had conversations. Uh, obviously, 
Kayvon quoted in saying that we didn't talk much football because he was always God and family first uh, prior to football. But as you know, uh, Weapon X is one person uh, off the field and a whole different monster on the field. Um, and I'm really hoping uh, Kayvon Wallace brings that attitude uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles. And plus, I would rather take a guy who's played under the lights of a national championship game, not once, not twice, but three times. All right, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that over some of the safeties that were selected. Uh, I can't believe he fell to the third round. Uh, I, I can't. Oh, man. Uh, was it third? No, it was it third round he was I taking? I believe so. All right, you think uh, it was fourth? I forget. Now you're making me feel stupid. Not make you feel <laughs> Back stupid. check. You may be completely right uh, on this one, only because I got so excited when it was made um, that I can't remember. I, I had a very fourth, – Fourth round pick, 127. All right. Still, so, even uh, more of a steal. Even more of a steal. I got very excited over this uh, – over this pick, I thought it was one of the best moves they could have possibly made. Uh, I think I texted you right after it. Yes, uh, I definitely texted Mike from uh, from on a couch and Delco podcast right after it, saying how excited I was uh, for this pickup because I, I just think Kayvon Wallace is going to bring a lot to the table and will be starting at one point this season over Jalen Mills in that safety position. And that's something they need instead of dropping someone back from corner to a safety who's not ever played that position before. So I, I thought that was a great uh, great ad from the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. Actually got me excited and actually made me change Howard's name back to Hal. If you listen to my podcast of ranting, Howie Roseman was no longer Howie Roseman to me. He is Howard Roseman. Uh, but the signing of the drafting of Jalen Hurts and the trading that I'm going to get to of Marquise Goodwin. Um, Definitely gave him the name of Hal back. Uh, however, he has to earn that IE. He's got to earn that IE back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's go to worst pick because we know we know exactly who everyone worst, picked. Worst pick? All right. So, worst pick. All right. The worst pick that Rowdy Howie Roseman made. All right. Because <laughs> you want to know why he's Rowdy Howie? Just when we thought we had all the answers, he changed the question. They think they got the answers. I changed the questions. That's right. Rowdy Howie Roseman changed the question as soon as we thought we had all the answers. All right. He went in and he drafted a second round pick with Jalen Hurts. Do, do you want me to go back and rant for this for another 17 minutes like I did on a Saturday morning, or would you want to say? Uh, I enjoyed your rant. Um, I don't think we need to go into it. Um, but here's my take on it. Here's my take. Jalen Hurts is not a bad player. But to be drafted in the second round – yeah, and, and that's that's one of the biggest issues I have is he's not a bad player. I'm not mad at Jalen Hurts, the person. No. All right. I am mad that he was drafted second round, uh, 53rd overall, which tells you, hey, we're grooming this guy as our franchise. No matter what they say, if you're pe- drafting a quarterback that high in the first or second round, you're saying this guy's going to be our franchise quarterback. This right. is the guy we're going to put – all the bread in the basket too. And I don't 
I mean, I understand that, and I don't, I don't get what they're saying that Hurts is going to be Taysom Hill from New Orleans because there's only, I mean, <laughs> they tried to do that in Baltimore. Now, it's not the same thing in Baltimore because, I mean, Joe Flacco was not Drew Brees. <laughs> I mean, like, and I don't think. By the way, I'm so glad you listened to my rant because you just brought up the clear example that I brought up in the rant that Howie or, or Doug, one of them mentioned uh, in their press conference on Friday via Zoom, uh, that Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson, he was trying to compare them to. And last time I checked, Lamar Jackson took Joe Flacco's job. Yeah, and it's not the same thing. It's not like Taysom Hill is going to take Drew Brees' job. Now he will. He might when Brees retires. But it's not like the same thing where Flacco got traded. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, I definitely get what you mean. And uh, Tyson Hill was an undrafted rookie free agent. Right, uh, and that's that that was that's a great pickup by the Saints because you know Hill developed into this player. He's he is he is probably one of my favorite players in in the NFL just because he can play every position. He could probably pump the ball and kick field goals too if they really wanted him to. Uh, it's going to be interesting what they do with Jalen Hurts. I, I'm still very confused with the pick uh, because it just leaves question marks for your franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. Uh, obviously, I am a big uh, fan of Carson Wentz. I think everybody knows uh, how much I support the guy uh, on and off the field. Um, and to see this uh, happen to a guy, and let's be honest, Howie called him before the second round saying this is a possibility that we're going to do. Uh, how do you feel about it? Do you really think a quarterback uh, is going to say, oh, no, you can't do that? Yeah. Do a guy like Carson Wentz is going to tell his boss, no, you can't do that. You can't nah, do that. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that. Can you change your mind? I think, I, I think I'm in the future here. I don't, I'm only 28 <laughs> or 27. 27, like, which, yeah. I mean, oh, my goodness, still just doesn't make sense to me. Um, do you think Hertz is going to be that type of player if they want to use him that way? Like, is he, can he be that type of player? I think Hertz is going to be on the field, uh, throughout the game. I think it's just going to be the confused look. Uh, and it's definitely going to be a lot different than having like a Nick Foles and a Carson Wentz on the field at the same time. Of course, but I'm asking, do you think he's going to develop into that hill? No, I don't think he's going to develop into Hill. I think he's going to play a Hill-esque role this season. However, I think down the road he's going to be looked at as either the future Eagles quarterback or Trey Bate. Right, and this is what I said when we were talking about the draft. I said if the Eagles bring in a quarterback, if they draft a quarterback, my thought is they're worried that Carson's going to ask for too much money next extension or next contract. And that's why, like, oh, we're going to groom this guy, Steve Carson. We're going to go with this guy. Yeah, but they just signed Carson to a four-year deal. So I, I just – I don't see right, – He'd be 32. For big money. He'd be for 30 – yeah. But if he wants more, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of possibilities. Yeah, I also don't see Carson Wentz as being a selfish person who wants more. Hey, man. I, I, I just don't see it. He, he's just not that guy. He's been more of a team guy than anything. Um, Money's with, crazy. Money, yes, money talks, obviously. But <laughs> – um, he is also a very religious man. So I, I don't know which direction that Carson Wentz would choose. 
don't, don't. Um, but yes, you are totally right that that money talks in that situation. Yeah, we usually um, we usually leave religion and politics out of the podcast. <laughs> we, we do, but and let's be honest. When you talk Carson Wentz, I know, I know, and he's a great he's a great man off the field. He really is. Um, I think he's great for Philly. What he's doing, his foundations. I think he's great. So I agree with you. I'm just saying. Wow, agreed again, guys. This is weird because Eric and I have agreed over the best pick and the worst pick. So let's see right. if Eric agrees with me over the most overrated move. All right, to me, and the, the nothing personal against these guys. Um, I think taking wide receivers Quez Watkins and John Hightower, speed receivers, both can be kick return or punt return, much like your first-round pick, Jalen Rager, all right? Uh, the question that comes with it, though, with all this speed on the field, these guys came in later rounds. So how great are they going to be? How many great receivers did we see come out of the sixth and seventh round of the draft in NFL history? Colston. Uh, Marquise Colston, Joe Horn, um, TJ Hushmanzada. Uh, th- those are a few names, but let's be honest, a few names compared to a ton of names. Um, right. so we'll see. I mean, I-, I think there could be upside here, but I really do think it's overrated. I mean, I, I love track more than, any- more than the average man. Uh, the Eagles have become a track team with this NFL draft. Yeah. All they are is speed, speed, speed. And I'm okay with it because that won the Kansas City Chiefs the Super Bowl. And I said that gives the Eagles offense more explosion. Um, but if you're going to constantly run the fly route with these speed guys, uh, especially with question marks like Watkins and Hightower in their later rounds, uh, I, I have mixed feelings right now. So um, I, I think it's a little overrated uh, compared to what Eagles fans are thinking. Right, and what I mean, I kind of disagree with you. I, I see what they're doing. It's almost like they overcompensated after they didn't get a guy like Henry Ruggs, um, even though they got Rager. But they're like, ah, oh. they look back and they saw it. They're like, oh, geez, we really need some speed. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they got a guy like Rager, which we agreed was at that point the best fit for the Philadelphia Eagles in the right. first, over Jefferson. Um, however. They need different types of receivers as well. So this these moves are telling me Alshon's staying for a little bit more. Yep. Uh, and, they said that today as well. And I, they still need to find a way to replace a guy like Alshon Jeffrey down the road. They've currently they, found, uh, what, three or four ways, four ways in this draft to replace Deshaun Jackson. Well, so, see, see, I think this is what I've been saying. I think that J.J. is going to have a good year. He's going to be like the sixth receiver. He might move up, but I still think he's going to have that year where he breaks out, and they're like, okay, we can move on from Alshon because we have this other guy who can get up. You know what I mean? He doesn't have – and, actually, J.J. has some good speed on him, too. He runs like a 4-4. Four, four. Much like these other guys, except these other guys are faster, obviously. So you're looking at a wide receiving core right now with names of Quez Watkins, John Hightower, Jalen Reger, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Goodwin, uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Greg Ward. Mm-hmm. And normally teams take, what, five receivers? Five. So I think your five are going to be Reger, Jeffrey, Deshaun, Goodwin, and J.J. And actually, I think they're going to go six and keep Ward, too. 
Yeah, so there, there's because, there's, especially especially with the injury proneness of uh, our top receivers. Yeah, there, there's definitely going to be some question marks going into the season at wide receiver position. However, now the question marks are we're a little bit more deep, uh, especially with speed, rather than we've got nothing. And we had absolutely nothing coming into this draft, really. You right, and, that, and that's why I don't see it as overrated. I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, why not, you know, have a big hand rather than just a few cards? You know what I mean? Because you don't know how these players are going to develop at all. So anyway, my most overrated move, I hate when teams do this. They just trade late picks for more late picks. And like we were saying earlier, you only get a handful of good players out of these late picks. So what's the point? Yeah, and I, I mean, I was watching the draft, uh, and I watched basically every second of the NFL draft, tried to keep everybody covered throughout the time um, on Twitter and on Facebook. Even my, my one-year-old son was sitting down and watching the NFL draft with me. Um, and I can easily tell in these fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, that when the Eagles were spending more time on the clock, Howie or Hal Roseman was obviously looking for a trade. And it was obvious based on the amount of time they spent on the clock compared to the other teams. The other team's picks were rolling in quick. The Eagles were constantly looking to trade out of that position to get more picks in some way later in the draft. But does that make sense? Like, I don't understand that. Because you get to the sixth and seventh round, these players are going to take a few years to get to the NFL unless you get one of those handful of players that are going to actually make it. So are you really scouting that deep to get a seventh-round guy that you think is going to start or be this diamond in the rough? Do you need – 12 six round picks like i don't like what's the point of, what was the point of training with dallas and then training with miami that's the one that pissed me off the most was the trade with dallas uh but i i i just hate the cowboys that much that i just don't see why you would trade anything even a six round fifth round whatever pick it was uh to a division rival i right. just i don't get it i believe no. that was fourth round pick i believe that was their second of their back to backs oh. in the fourth round but here's the thing the 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 late picks, how I see late picks, they should be used the way they got Goodwin. Trade your pick and a player for another pick. Or trade your pick for a player and another pick. Like, use it for, with some leverage to get a player that's on their trade block instead of just, why am I trading for picks? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and at this point, it also brings the question that Eagles had eight draft picks coming into the NFL draft. I said the other day on the podcast that if they hit one for five, it is considered successful in the draft. Now that they've added on to those numbers, they need to hit on at least three or four of these. They, in reality, they have to hit on every one of their picks, really. But they have to really – these four or five of these players have to be something for the Philadelphia Eagles within the next two years. They have to. Um, and trading those late picks and grabbing more, especially you grabbed a lot of speed guys later on in those wide receiver positions, uh, and you made some really good moves and really good signings or draft picks uh, late in the sixth round um, that I thought were uh, was definitely going to be impressive and definitely going to help them in the near future. So I guess that's why you okay. go a little bit later. Uh, but at the same time, you – you know who you want at certain times, 
if he's not there and you think he's going to be there, yeah, go ahead, try to get some value. Okay, that's fair. I just don't – you don't see a lot of these – fifth fifth and later players make it no and and it was the eagles every time the eagles were on the clock it looked like they were ready to make a trade except um, except anybody else they did get uh well we'll get to it later i don't want to spoil your biggest deal my biggest deal is coming up but the most underrated move in the nfl draft um is the marquise goodwin trade as you mentioned um getting Nothing. You gave away nothing. You gave away nothing. You gave away nothing to get Marquise Goodwin. A veteran on the field with speed. I get that he's been injured over the past couple of years, but you gave away nothing. And that's why I love it. Like that, it's the most underrated move in the draft. You get more speed on the team, you open up the field, and there's no risk. There, there was there. It's not like we traded away Alshon Jeffrey. Or we traded away. Um, oh my goodness, the the cornerback, Russell Douglas. Uh, we didn't. We I'd be didn't. okay with getting rid of Douglas anyway. <laughs> huh? I'd be okay with him going anyway. <laughs> yeah, but at least right that that's that's a position of need still is that secondary, right. um, and keeping him right now is is okay. It's okay. Right. And since uh, since we're talking about now. Um, I'll talk about, you know, good. I have a different most underrated, but we're still talking about good one. He was my biggest steal. I, like you said, he, we got him for nothing. He brings um, veteran leadership. He's a very humble guy. If you know his story, like he's not going to be that guy and be like, I need the ball. Like he's going to be a team guy. You gave up nothing. He has the potential to be a great wide receiver as long as he stays healthy he can be that guy that we need. Like, he's not going to – like, Deshaun's great and everything, but he's not humble. Like, Goodwin's humble. You know well, I mean? that's the – be honest, that might be some of that track athlete in him as he was an Olympic track athlete uh, at one time as well. Sorry, I was laughing at Jimmy Kemsky uh, posted a GIF uh, on Twitter a day at the Eagles quarterback factory. I just retweeted it at the Philly fans, P-H-A-N-S, uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, these quarterbacks coming in <laughs> and getting picked up and then shipped out or picked up and then going into a dumpster fire. It's <laughs> pretty funny uh, if you watch it. Um, great, great gif of the uh, the quarterback factory. Uh, but, yeah, I, I still think that Marquise Goodwin, uh, he's not cocky uh, and can open up the field more. And let's be honest, you're you're really training – these guys like the overrated guy, overrated moves that I had of Watkins, Hightower, Reger with a guy like Goodwin. Right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Like you said, the biggest part of that is we got him for nothing. Yeah, and that's why it's underrated. Nothing. You, you, I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen a lot of hate on this trade either. You traded a six-round pick, um, but basically you swapped six-round picks. So you didn't even trade right. it. You traded yours, got San Fran's and Marquise Goodwin, um, and there there was some hate on this. People are hating. Was there? Uh, people are just hate everything at this point. <laughs> That's but true. The the hate for Marquise Goodwin and his injuries over the past couple of years doesn't matter. You got him for nothing. 
you get him for nothing. You, you live with it. You move on. Yeah, you, basically, you took his. You're paying his money. You're paying his salary. Yeah. But, and we had so much room under the cap anyway. Who cares? A, a ton, a crap ton of room. So, Eric, what was your most underrated move? Uh, so my first, my most underrated after sleeping on a couple of days, like Rager going in the first round. I can see him being the guy we need once Deshaun leaves, right? I think he like with his speed, with his vertical. I think he's underrated. I think people are hating because it's not Lamb, Rugs, or Judy. I, and I, I think people are also hating because it's not Jefferson. Uh, but people got really into these mock drafts, is what they did. They got really into these mock drafts. Said, "Oh my goodness, Jefferson is the fourth best wide receiver. Why didn't we get Jefferson?" Just look at what they did with Golden Tate. I've been saying it for weeks. They well, did not, nothing. Right. And, and we, don't, we don't need that type of receiver right now. Like, we need a burner. Yeah. Like, and, and, and this guy, one, this guy, I know you hate OBJ, but he can play like OBJ in the slot with those slant routes. And also, he can run. You, he could definitely run. He he's he's gonna you take, don't give me that look. You take OBJ in a slant route over I would take him over anyone. He he's gonna open up the field. Um and obviously right now the way the NFL is going, and this is props to Andy Reid, because Andy Reid has been ahead of this his entire coaching career. The the NFL is going to be turning into a track meet. Uh, look at the Kansas City Chiefs and how they won the Super Bowl. If you don't remember, just just go back a couple months and rewatch. They were down, and then all of a sudden, just open up the field. Deep ball, deep ball, deep ball. Uh, speed all over the field. You got the San Francisco 49ers defense tired. Uh, think about what the Eagles are going to do. They just got a crap ton of speed. A crap ton. Is that a, is that a measurement? Yeah, it's a it's a legit measurement. Uh, okay. And actually, I was going to say something, but I'll hold back. Hold <laughs> so let's back. go. While we're in this underrated steal, who's your biggest steal? Biggest steal by far is in the late sixth round, the Eagles drafted offensive tackle Prince Tago Wanagaho. I probably pronounced his name completely wrong, um, so I'm just going to call him Prince. Uh, <laughs> he was He's an offensive tackle, big dude. Um, great backstory coming over to America at the age of 16 with $20 in his pocket. Everybody loves an American dream story. Um, but here's the biggest thing with him, Eric. He was projected to be picked in the second round of the draft. He could have gone anywhere between the second and the fourth, and the Eagles got him in the late sixth round. Why do you think he slipped? Uh, he is, I think it was the pass protection. I think he needs a little bit of help in pass protection. Uh, however, I, I just, that's it. I mean, get him the right training and he's going to fill those needs in the future that the Eagles have. They, they're going to have that needed offensive tackle in the future. They needed a guard as well. Um, because to me, and I told you they need the center position, which they didn't go after, uh, with Kelsey. He's not going to be around for a while. But the rumor is that Salemalu is going to move into the center position if That's Kelsey is. So well, what's good about this pick too? I mean, like you said, he has people to learn under, like Peters and Brooks and Johnson and Kelsey. Like he can learn under all these people, and if he's worth worth a damn, then he's good. 
Sorry, I don't believe Jason Peters is on the roster. Oh, my bad. Yeah, he's a free agent currently. Sorry. I just had to check that out. But, yes, he's he's got people to learn under. He can uh, still call him up and be like, yo, Peters. <laughs> you could, uh, obviously. But, yeah, this this young guy, he's not going to start right away, but we don't need him to. We need him for the future. Um, and it de- definitely boisters up an offensive line that needs to get ready to go uh, in the next couple of years. In reality, they have a decent line right now, and they need to build on for the future. And he's he's a great add-on. He he's a hit in my opinion. That's good. Yeah. Who who was your steal? We talked about it. It was good win in the sixth round. Um, so I'm not going to go on because we already discussed that. And I said talking about steals, I brought up Goodwin. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so I went underrated. You went steal. Right. Um, e- either way, uh, I think they they kind of go hand in hand in that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about we go biggest reach? Are we. Uh, the same as the worst pick. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Perfect. All right, so let me explain why Jalen Hurts is the biggest reach. He is a second-round draft pick in the quarterback position. Uh, at that point, he would have been the third-ranked quarterback available in the draft, uh, and he was taken over guys like Eason and Fromm. Uh, Eason was taken in the fourth round. Fromm was taken in the fifth. I stated on the podcast on Saturday – within my 17-minute spiel that a guy like Jalen Hurts was going to be available in the fourth and fifth round because quarterback was not a need for these other teams yet. All right, there are still teams that need a quarterback, Tampa Bay. Or, sorry, not Tampa. Tampa Bay needs a backup quarterback. I was just saying they got Brady. What do you mean? They need a backup quarterback. New England needs a quarterback. So, because um, Brady's not going to be – around for a longer time, long period of time, let's be honest. Um, however, Jalen Hurts being picked in the second round when he could have been there in the fourth or the fifth, and let's be honest, Fromm was there in the fifth. I probably would have drafted Fromm at that point uh, if the Eagles actually went a position of need like a linebacker, all right, or trade it down for a Willie Gay Jr. out of Mississippi State inside linebacker or drafted a Fulton uh, who went – to the Tennessee Titans from LSU. Um, they, they could have even gone after an Ooch, whatever, however you pronounce his name, from Michigan. Um, well, they, I mean, they did, they did get a, a linebacker in the third round, Colorado. So it's not like it was weighted on. But you're right. They could have went and got these linebackers before, but, before Hurts. And, and even so, what, what did we say uh, about replacing Alshon Jeffrey? You could have done that in the second round too. Right. You could have signed a guy like Denzel Mims, drafted a guy like Denzel Mims. He was still there. They were obviously interested in everybody thought they were going to draft, and then Jalen Hurts' names pops up, and we're just shocked because – Well, there, was, there was a lot of hate – not hate, but there was a lot of worry about Mims coming into the draft. Yeah, um, but I would t- I'll take the worry about Mims and the possibility of him being – replacing Alshon Jeffrey one day or or, be, or replacing a wide receiver core that really needs. Maybe they're thinking like I am. Maybe they're thinking J.J. is going to have this breakout season. He could be thinking like that. Like he could see something in the plays that he made last year that he's going to have a breakout season who could replace Alshon because they already have him. 
I'm still talking biggest reach here of being Jalen Hurts when I'd rather have a guy like Denzel Mims over him at this point. I get it. I'm just saying maybe that's why they made the pick when they did because they're like, oh, we don't need Mims because we think this guy's going to develop, so we're going to go after a backup quarterback even though it's the wrong move. We should get like a linebacker or an offensive tackle or something, safety. Uh, I get what you're saying. I'm just throwing it out there. They shouldn't have drafted a quarterback in the second round. Agreed. I agree with you. Thank you. Good. Agreed. Okay, we're moving on. Most intriguing pick. All right, this is a little different for me, um, and it's a little different because one of the biggest needs I said coming into this draft was the linebacker position, all right, and the Eagles drafted two of them. They drafted Davion Taylor in the third round, and they drafted uh, Temple's own uh, Sean Bradley uh, as well. So Taylor is that hybrid linebacker slash safety. Uh, and it's actually going to be interesting to see how someone like Schwartz is going to use them, uh, where Bradley is kind of used to the Philly mentality, being a Temple boy, being uh, Broad Street uh, all the way. Uh, from everything I've heard, he's a hard worker and ha- has legit potential. So I'm, I'm a little intrigued by it, um, basically because I know that's, that's a position the Eagles really, really need to work. Did I add really? Did that is that enough reallys? It's they enough really. The linebacker position to work because one thing pet peeve of mine during this draft is how a lot of analysts are saying he's really really good or he's very very good. Like yo, know, expand your vocabulary. <laughs> like come on. Sorry, not to put you on the spot there because you said really really. <laughs> um. So. My most intriguing pick was, we talked about before, was drafting all the speed at wide receiver. Like I said before, I think it's better to have um, a full deck than just a few cards. So if you're going to look for this person to replace Deshaun, why not have a bunch of guys to look at that have speed and can potentially be that burner for you so you have plenty of people to look at rather than just putting all your hopes on your first-round pick? So that was that's intriguing to me. I think it's a good strategy, especially since these guys can also return kicks, right? Um, which they need they need kick returners. Let's be honest as well. They need their kick returners. They need their special teamers. Uh, and if these wide receivers can come in and make a difference at that position as well as in the return game, sure, it's a hit. Mm-hmm. I know exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why it's intriguing. Like, you have all these places they could go. And you don't even know. Like, you've seen players switch sides of the field. So, if you develop a wide receiver who has hands, but maybe he's not he's not a great route runner, but he can still catch and cover, maybe you put him in a slot corner or just as a fourth or fifth corner just to be in there because he has hands. You never know how these people are going to develop when they are drafted later. Which is cool. That's that's again why I like the draft. These players come out as one thing, but then go into the NFL and become a totally different position. Kind of like Jason Peters, right? Yeah, tight end. <laughs> and as a tight end, and became probably the best tackle, one of the best tackles in NFL history. Right. Or you look at a guy like Wes Welker or Julian Edelman or you know Taysom Hill. Even like he's still a quarterback, but like look at look at everything he can he's, do. He does everything. Right. So it's cool. Like you can find these players that could potentially help your team that you don't even know about. Speaking about these players that you're talking about, because a lot of the players we're talking about right there are undrafted guys. 
Right. Um, There's some intriguing undrafted rookie selections that the Eagles made. Uh, Mine being one of the needs for this team, and to me it's a glaring need, and I'm going to bring up glaring needs later on. Um, To me, the glaring need of a running back that can run between the tackles. The Eagles uh, picked up undrafted rookie halfback Michael Warren the second. Is it the second? I I don't know. Wouldn't he be a junior? Michael Warren. Just on here, it just says Michael Warren. Oh, no, Michael Warren is second. Yep. Which is weird because it would be junior. Sorry, I, I'm so thrown off there. <laughs> is a five foot nine, 226-pound running back. Uh, and to me, he could definitely take the place of Jordan Howard. Uh, he could have that type of role between by running between the tackles, uh, something that I see as that big glaring need. And uh, Deuce Daly has worked his magic with these running backs in the, uh, in the past. So I'm, I'm hoping he does the same thing with a guy like Michael Warren. Uh, they also they also signed an undrafted running back who I thought was – I find it intriguing because he's, he's fast. Fast could be, very very speedy. He's 5'7". The problem is he's 162 pounds, probably soaking wet. Tiny. Um, and Adrian Killens from UCF. Um, this kid, just seeing some highlights, opens up the field is explosive and can return some kicks too. Anything else about him? No, there's, that's, those, those are the two that, that stick out to me mainly because I know they needed the running back position. Right. Uh, well, Warren, it's funny. It's funny because you bring up – what was that? Warren the second sticks out to me more because he has more of that – he's 226.59. Uh, looks like he's that guy who's going to run between the tackles. Right, and it's – like Adrian Killens is five seven. Boston Scott's five seven, but Boston Scott's two hundred and three pounds. So <laughs> yeah, like, one sixty two. Um, yeah. So there's the difference. Like, come on, Boston Scott's a little. It's kind of like Darren Sproles a little, but Darren Sproles is huge too. Yeah, Killens. Uh, it'd be impressive what he can do if if he steps on the field. I don't know if he will. Right. So the intri- uh, the undrafted rookie who was intrigued me was the tight end Noah, um, just because it was the only tight end chosen. You don't want to pronounce his last name? Togaya, Togai. <laughs> I don't know. I'm terrible with last names, so I just say their first name. Um, but it it was the only it was the only tight end drafted for the Eagles. Um, obviously, you have Goddard and Ertz, so it's like why draft the tight end? But you still, you know, if this guy's worth anything you have Ertz and Goddard ahead of him you have Perkins like he can learn from people so he'd be a good you know he could be on the practice squad and then you know if one of these guys get injured if they're learning from Ertz and Goddard he could be like hey I'm good I I know what I'm doing so let's uh let's run with it you know so it's 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 intriguing because that potential of he could inevitably take over if someone gets hurt and and it would like if he learns well enough then they wouldn't lose a step it would just be it's nice to see an undrafted tight end get picked just because our team's full of them. We don't really need them, but hey. And let's be honest, a guy like Perkins, uh, he may or may not make the team next year. Who knows? So this guy can easily uh, fill in that role if need be. Um, also, we have no idea what the future is going to hold for a guy like Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard down the road because both are going to end up commanding a lot of capital. Um, and you're going to need to replace one of them at one point. The Eagles love that two tight end system. Uh, it's worked for them for many years. So they, they definitely need to continue building depth there. 
I agree. That's why, again, most intriguing. Yeah, and then uh, my – so I want to go into the best quote, all right? So the most – to me, it's the most memorable quote. So it could be the best or the worst quote out of any member of the Eagles organization throughout this weekend, draft pick, um, owner, GM, coach, player currently. Could be anyone. To me, I chose obviously who I thought was the best pick, Kayvon Wallace, all right? This is one of the reasons why I think Kayvon Wallace was the best pick, just based on how, what he's going to bring to the game. All right? So he's, he said, if you watch me play, man, you know that when the lights are on, I shine. That's when I play my best. When the pressure's on, that's when you find out who Kayvon Wallace is. I'm going to be that guy who's going to go out there and prove myself every single day in practice and on game day. Yeah, that's that's a philosophy I want on the Eagles team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to always prove yourself. That's why I think he's a good pick. I mean, I think he has the right mentality. We talked about it, so I think it's a good choice for best quote. Uh, the quote, memorable quote, I wouldn't call it best quote, but memorable quote um, is that the Eagles are a quarterback factory, and there was a meme that went around. It was Howie Roseman and his chocolate factory or something like that. Or it was – Willy Wonka and the Eagles quarterback factory is Howie Roseman as Willy Wonka. Um, <laughs> like Kevin and I were talking, we're like, uh, there hasn't been many quarterbacks to come out of Philly that were developed in Philly. Uh, so it's just like, why even make the quote? Yeah, um, I'm trying to figure out. And, and I, I ranted about this in my 17-minute rant uh, on Saturday, who those quarterbacks were that you uh, – you produced you pro- you can say that you produced Donovan McNabb you could say you produced Carson Wentz and maybe a bit of Nick Foles but as I stated in my rant that Nick Foles in his book stated that he was ready to quit football all right so if you're really a team that produced quarterbacks and you're saying uh Nate Sudfeld wants to be a starter in the league somewhere next year. Uh, So we need to replace Nate Sudfeld. Um, Nate Sudfeld is always going to be a backup quarterback. Cut out that baloney. And if you want to produce a quarterback, what happened to Clayton Thurston from last year? Is he even in the league anymore? Uh, That's that's a very good question. It's a really good question. But there were a lot of quarterbacks that you drafted. Kevin Cobb. Kevin Cobb being one. Um, that you said, oh, my goodness, we are a team that produces quarterbacks, yet you were constantly looking to find a replacement for Donovan McNabb after Donovan McNabb left, and let's, you might be doing the same thing with Carson Wentz down the road. Yeah. Quarterback factory, my rear end, Howie. <laughs> things, these are things that piss me off. Oh, boy, we're back on that. <laughs> Howie Roseman saying that the Eagles are a quarterback factory just added to the list of things that really ticked me off. And one of the one of the people, someone posted out there in the world that it was Yahoo Sports said, "Did the Eagles draft quarterback Jalen Hurts because of the coronavirus?" Apparently, Yahoo thinks, or my assumption is that. 
I am not even reading this article. My assumption is that whoever wrote this article thinks that the NCAA is going to shut down their fall sports so that there's going to be no teams that have uh, tape on these players for next year's draft. Um, that's what my assumption is on this article. Um, and Jalen Hurts could be a key to trading next year. Stop. Stop. That's, a, that's, Stop. A, that's a reach. We should put that in biggest reach. <laughs> that's, um, that's a stretch. What, do you, what would you say the overall grade for the Eagles are? Well, let's be honest. Uh, grades are totally stupid. Okay. Uh, well, dang. <laughs> uh, well, when it comes to a draft grade or a fantasy football draft grade, they're stupid. They are because most, most people who get that D plus or C in the fantasy draft end up winning. Like I did? Oh, boy. The, the champion in our league right yeah. here, the right. one who got a C minus in his draft. And yet, walked away with the belt. There's no belt. There's not a belt. No trophy. Wrong, wrong league. There's nothing. There's a pat on the back. The one who walked away with a pat on his back. <laughs> right. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, to me, I'm. I'm I, I look at the moves. I, I think the one that really sticks out and the one that really hurts. No pun intended. <laughs> is Jalen Hurts, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a C plus. Yeah, I would give him a C. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't really give him uh, a high grade. You know what you know what makes me mad is I would give the Cowboys like a B, uh, just because they you know they help their team. I would even give the Giants a higher grade than the Eagles. It, it's funny because it sounds like the uh, the Cowboys ownership just listened to Eagles fans and what Eagles fans. <laughs> yeah. really weird. They got CD Lamb. Uh, they they got Trayvon Diggs in the yeah. first two rounds. Those are two guys Eagles fans were saying, ooh, we need to go after them, and the Cowboys took them. It was weird. Maybe uh, – the, the NFC East was just listening to Eagles fans. That's all. Yeah, they, they must be following Eagles fans on Twitter or something. <laughs> weird. How, how, can we, how can we screw over Eagles fans? That's what they're like. So, to me, I think there are still some glaring needs uh, that the Eagles have. One, I, I continue to say that a glaring need is a running back that can run between the tackles. Um, while I trust Deuce uh, with his backfield, uh, these guys are very inexperienced, all right, very inexperienced, including Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, all right? Uh, you, you, get, you sign Michael Warren the second. You have Boston Scott. You have Miles Sanders. You might have Adrian Killens, who knows, but they're all really young with not much NFL experience. And that, to me, is a glaring need uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles if they want to succeed. They, they need a proven commodity in the backfield. And there's still some out there. Mm-hmm. Still some free agents out there. I, I believe Todd Gurley is still available. No. He's in no? Atlanta. No, I'm wrong. He went to Atlanta. I'm, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, I'm wrong. Um, I admit it. It doesn't happen often. Uh, but there are a few, uh, few running backs still available for the for the Philadelphia Eagles, potentially uh, out of free agency. Yeah, shouldn't have gotten rid of Jordan Howard, plain and simple. No, and that's the biggest biggest move, biggest regret. One of them I have is getting rid of Jordan Howard. Yeah, it's why would you trade? Why would you bring him in as a young between the tackles running back and be like, ah, we don't need him. Be, because they have Boston Scott and Miles Sanders, who are kind of same player esque, uh, and let's be honest, they they go after like guys like a uh, Brian Westbrook, who 
succeeded with them. Look at Darren Sproles. Right. Look at LaShawn McCoy. All right. So they don't like they don't like that brute runner. They, they don't like yeah. They don't like the guy who's going to run up between the tackles. Even though uh, Legarre Blunt actually played pretty well for them uh, going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's not like Jordan Howard had a bad year. No, he didn't, and I, I was still con- I was still worried every time he was on the bench at the end of the season. Why isn't Jordan Howard in? Why isn't Jordan Howard in? He, if he's healthy, put him in. Yeah. And never played him. So uh, I'm, I'm with Jordan Howard on wanting to go elsewhere. If oh, yeah. He's not getting the playing time. Um, I also think the Eagles still need an edge rusher. Um, it, this is no offense to Brandon Graham. All right? Uh, no offense to Barnett. All right. They still need that edge rusher because Brandon Graham is aging. He's getting up there in age. He's 31. And I don't give me ages because then I'll be wrong. Um, And I don't like to admit mistake, obviously. Uh, And then you got Derek Barnett, who's going to, I'm going to say it again, he's going to command a lot of capital, a lot of money, and free agency at one point. And will the Eagles have that and be willing to spend it? Big money on someone who wasn't as productive. He's not as productive as they they could have had. Brandon Graham's 32. See, this is why you don't ask me ages. Um, but I also think Barnett has not become the player that they expected him to be. And he's going to command a lot of money at one point. And then we also have an unproven player right now in Josh Sweat. All right, so they still need that edge rusher. Uh, to my surprise, Yannick has not been traded out of Jacksonville yet. Yeah. Throughout the whole weekend, Yannick did not go. And he obviously has issues with the front office. And he's clearly, clearly frustrated with the Khan family. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I, if this continues on and it becomes a Twitter battle, Yannick might be a free agent prior to the season. So that, that might be interesting uh, going in. But when we hit day three, I knew the Eagles weren't getting Yannick. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, at that point, like, they're not going to trade him. No, they're not going to trade him for they, – they obviously, Tony Khan Jr., very little pompous. He owns All Elite Wrestling. He's part owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he's a spoiled rich kid, as Yannick mentioned it to him. Which, let's be honest, it's true. He's spoiled. He's rich. Um, and if you have that ego and you want that high compensation and you put it out there that you want high compensation, you're still a young owner. You're not going to get it. Right. And these teams with these owners, these GMs that have been doing it for a while, yeah, they're they're not going to give you anything you want. Let's be honest. Come on. Get your head out of your butt, Tony Khan. I think he's been super kicked one too many times. <laughs> uh, and then obviously the glaring need that I, I continue to see is a linebacker. Uh, and I said that earlier in the podcast. I don't really have to go deep into it again. Uh, they have a couple of projects out of the draft. Uh, hopefully these guys become something and this linebacker by committee potentially uh works for them well don't forget they also signed uh the one linebacker from san uh, sorry not san diego los angeles uh, the chargers uh, on the in the offseason so he could be a good ad plus these linebackers plus what we already have 
don't know. And yeah, I still think we need like a great linebacker, but I'm just saying we do have to I was asked the question, like, who's our linebackers? And I'm like, well, if you look into it, we still have some from last year. We signed one, we drafted a few, so there's our linebackers. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I totally uh like I said, we need some. Uh but yeah, you're right. They they did sign some and hopefully the defense works out for them because you're you're losing the leadership in uh, uh Malcolm Jenkins. Uh-huh. And hopefully these guys step up. Uh as of the running backs still out there. Um yeah, Devontae Freeman, Lamar Miller, Chris Thompson, LaShawn McCoy, who I said I don't want to be a part of at all. Uh Carlos yeah. Theo Riddick. Really want Lamar Miller either. Theo Riddick, Frank Gore, Darren Sproles, Marshawn Lynch, uh Belil Powell. Isaiah Kroll, uh, Ty Montgomery. So there are a few out there still. Uh, that they're all aged, though. Like the ones you would want. The they ones are definitely want. aged. Yeah, the ones you would want are all aged. Devontae Freeman is 28. I know, so but he's not an in-between. Like, he's, he's a, he's he's a Miles Sanders. Uh, Lamar Miller is 29. He's the one you said you don't want. No. Chris Thompson, uh, he just didn't really – doesn't really do anything for me. No, he's a Darren. He's a Boston Scott, Miles Sanders. Like you're, the ones I'm thinking of are the same running backs we already have. So Carlos Hyde is 28. Theo Riddick is 29. God no, I don't want Theo Riddick. Um, Hyde would be interesting. Yeah, uh, that I can see actually that. might be the go right there is Carlos Hyde. Um, but you don't want any of these running backs over the age of 30. No, because then you're hitting that downfall. Like, Frank Gore's the man, but I don't want him on my team right now. Frank Gore is 37 years old. You do not want <laughs> Frank Gore on the team. Uh, and you, you've you been in that Darren Sproles area already. He's not in between the tackle guy. He's also 37. He, he retired. I don't, he's, not even, he's not even free agent. He was retired. Sorry, I'm just uh, – I'm looking at the uh, – I, I don't even know what this website is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, to be honest, it's a shame that uh, DeMarco Murray retired because I think the Eagles could have used him better now than they did when they had him with Chip Kelly. Uh, but, yeah, he retired young too, which is fine. I have no problem with players retiring around. Like, look at Luke Keekley. So, like, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it. It's not. Some, some definitely need it, uh, retirement. Yeah. Just because of injuries throughout their lives. Right. So, um, obviously, I'm a little drained from this weekend. I'm not as energetic as I normally am. Um, we this, this NFL draft took a lot out of me, I can tell you that. I, I actually sat down on the couch and, and watched TV for a little bit. Weird. Mm-hmm. It was weird. And I, I'm not doing anything on this rainy day. Yeah, today is not a, it's not a good day after the draft that drained you. <laughs> Like right now, I'm just looking uh, looking ahead to the last dance tonight, and hopefully, there's something uh, something good with that show because I've got no sports still. Well, speaking of sports, uh, Wayne that Gretzky and good. and Alex Ovechkin played NHL 20 against the other. It was the great one versus the great eight, and the great one, Wayne Gretzky, won in overtime four three. So, doesn't put who's better to rest, but the great one still won in NHL 20. The great one is the great one. No, um, I know, but Alex Ovechkin has a chance to pass him in his all-time goals. That's an accomplishment. Uh, so, according to the New York Post two days ago, the NHL, since we're on there, uh, they are NHL teams are planning a May 15th workout. Yep. A possible restart. To start in July. 
Uh, I saw something yesterday that oh, pops up saying potentially June, but let's be honest. They have no idea mm-hmm. when any of these sports are coming back. No, but I, I would, I would go with more July just with how um, states are reopening, how governors are trying to reopen their states. I think July is more of a likelihood um, either way. This is going to be a really cool time. We're going to have hockey in the summer. We're going to have baseball in the summer. We're going to have – well, baseball's always in the summer. We're going to have the NBA in the summer. And then it's going to be like no break, and we're going to go right into football. Like it's going to be an awesome time. Yeah, and I am I'm excited for that, but at the same time, I'm slowly dying without my sports. We're, <laughs> we, we hit a lot of topics over the past month. Um, with zero sports coming on. So let's – we have a lot of planning to do this week, Eric, for our next yes. podcast. However, we just hit everybody with, what, four podcasts in a week? Oh, you hit them with four. I hit them with three. <laughs> you were um, still in your bed sobbing. I was. I was so crying. You were, you were sobbing. Eric refused to come on and share his thoughts on Saturday. Or it was – nine in the morning and i was like i don't want to do a podcast at nine in the morning i went no no you can do it <laughs> i went 17 minutes straight of ranting right Philadelphia eagle second round pick all right where can they find us kev no i'm i'm continuing on about our story from yesterday where can they find us kev where can they they can find our rant anywhere my rant anywhere you can find podcasts apple podcasts we are currently five stars so rate us, comment, let us know how we're doing. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Philly Fans P H A N S on Facebook at the Philly Fans Podcast. Uh, like I said, anywhere anywhere podcasts are found. Also, tweet at us, mention us. We'll get back to you. Uh, I'm even responding to this hater, Steelers, Pittsburgh fan on Facebook. So come on, bring the heat because I'm ready to bring it back at you, uh, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Uh, Eric? Yes? You want to do the signing off? Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> Evan Key. And Eric James. And I am going to officially sign us off. Still glow, oh, yeah.